and we back. This episode, I'm, I'm sure y'all can tell from the title of it. Um, I had to, I had to put this one out. I had to put this one out only because I think it's important. I haven't released the episode in about two weeks, maybe even three. Um, because it was, it was, it was a tough time for me. And because I haven't released an episode in almost a month, um, I fell out of the algorithms, which caused Anchor to pull uh, my ads. So, uh, so until I become more consistent, I become more relevant again. Um, I won't be getting paid per listen anymore until I get to until I boost up my listen average again. So that so I fell out of the algorithm because of that, which I completely understand. I'm not I'm not here to complain or whatever like that. I'm not here to cry about it. I realized that I wasted a lot of time being sad on other things. But this is going to be a real episode. This is going to be a real episode for y'all. Uh, I don't know how my friends or my family may take this episode, but it's going to be real. And since there's no need for me to take ad breaks because I don't have any ads, we're going to just get right to the shits. And we're just going to just go right through to it. So, I'll say for the last, not for the last week, about two weeks ago, maybe maybe a little longer than that. You know, I, I was to release an episode and I didn't. Like I said, I haven't released an episode in about three weeks, and I do about two episodes a week. So um, that's about six episodes out that I didn't release. Wasn't recording. I recorded an episode for a podcast about sports. I think that was two nights ago now. Um, That episode is coming Friday. I want to get back into that again. Focus on that some. And that's that that podcast also suffered. That's about four episodes that I missed out on for that. So I'll say about 10 or 11 episodes I've I've missed out on. Which is my fault. It's no one else's. It's my fault. But let me give you all the breakdown. Let me explain to you all where my headspace has been. So for a large so for for a period of time, I was out of work, wasn't working, still trying to record, still trying to push episodes out. But then things got tight at home, things got stressful at home. So I'm working now and able to provide a lot more man my 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 for y'all anyway uh being able to provide some 
some assistance, I guess you could say. And when you're a man with a family and you can't provide for them, you know, not all men, but some, you get a bit down on yourself. You you start to spiral. You start to feel incomplete. You start to feel lost. You begin to feel like you have no purpose. You have no meaning if you can't take care of your family. And your family is looking to you to take care of them. Like I said, working now. I've uh, been working for a while now, actually. But it took a toll on me, took a toll on my household, took a toll on my relationship. Things started to really fall apart. And... You start to feel alone because you start to feel attacked. You know, through the frustrations of the people around you and them, I guess, wanting better for you. But it's tough when people want better for you when they don't even know what better for you is. See, I realize that. This is something that I want to do. Podcasting is is not, um, you know, I'm not making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year from podcasting. You know, it's, it's nowhere, nowhere near that. You know, if it was, I wouldn't have to work, you know, um, it's nowhere near that. Not yet. I'm, I'm going to get there. Just not there yet. And I think I began to look back at where I was before and was wondering, how can I get back there again? So I was unhappy with myself. I was. I was unhappy with myself. But then when you have people around you telling you that, you know, you're putting a bit too much energy into this. You need to focus on working. You need to focus on paying your bills. You need to focus on, you know, focusing on your career. You need to focus on X, Y, Z. Focus on things outside of the podcast. But things outside of the podcast does not bring me gratification. It does not bring me happiness. It doesn't bring me. It, it doesn't bring me. um a successful feeling is not fulfilling things outside of my podcast. But like I said, podcasting wasn't paying a bill. Still not, especially now that my ass have been pulled. It's not paying a bill. So then you start to see the stress of that on your loved ones. So then you have to make it. De- so then you have to determine What's important. So then you have to determine. What you have to then prioritize what's important. And it sucks. Because. When you're at the end of your rope. And you feel like you have nowhere else to go. 
you keep telling people that, you know, this isn't going to be what you think. You're not going to make a career out of this. You need to start prioritizing your family, start prioritizing your responsibilities. But I know that I can't take this to the next level, giving half of my energy to a job that wouldn't give a damn if I'm there or not. That wouldn't give a damn if I dropped dead because then they'll just put a help wanted sign right there outside the window anyway and then replace me and then life goes on. And with all of that, I thought about killing myself. And not like, oh man, I could just die. I could just kill myself. No. I thought about going to Like, I thought about walking into four-lane traffic and getting ran over. Contemplated it. Thought about it. Left the house. I was going to see it through. Because I was telling myself then I'd rather take my own life then lose the life that I wanted to live. So I was going to kill myself. This is the second time in my life where I actually prayed to God and asked him to forgive me and watch over my son because I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done here. Second time in my life. Where it wasn't just a man, should I kill myself? It was, I'm about to go do this. This is the second time in my life. And I was going to go through with it. And it wasn't a God giving me a sign. It was, no, God, I just hope that you forgive me. I, I, I That's it. I'm not coming to you asking for advice. I'm not coming to you asking me. I'm not coming to you asking for you to guide me and to lead me out of this darkness. I'm coming to you asking for forgiveness and asking you to watch over my son. And I was going to leave it at that. I decided to look at what time it was. And my son's face, my son, his face is my lock screen on my phone. So when I clicked my phone to see what time it was, there he was smiling. And I cried because I then told myself, I cannot be the reason why he doesn't smile again. I can't be the reason why he grows up. Not having his dad in his life. Seeing my son's face. Stopped me from killing myself. 
because I wouldn't want him feeling like I didn't love him enough to not kill myself. So there you have it. There you have it. I was going to be done with it. And I knew that the podcast was something I wanted to do because I know that something like this has to become your life. It has to consume your time, your energy, all of your efforts versus clocking in and clocking out at a job. That tells you when you can go take a break. That tells you when you can take a vacation. That tells you when you can leave. That tells you when you got to come in. That's not the life for me. Every job I work. I go in. I'm a shell of myself. I do my job and I leave. Management finds themselves still targeting me, right? And something my brother told me was, you know, if that's something that you face, then maybe you should look at what you're doing. And I pay attention very closely to what I'm doing. Maybe it's because I'm not friendly when I'm at work. Maybe it's because I'm not running up, trying to kiss everybody's ass, trying to be best friends with everybody. Maybe it's because I only go to work to get a paycheck and then to go home. And they feel like, no, this is a team. No, we got to. But no, I could give a damn about y'all. I could give a damn about y'all. I don't care. I'm here because I need a paycheck. And maybe some people find that offensive. Maybe some people feel like that's not right. That's not fair. You need to be a part of this team. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why people feel like management feels like I feel like I'm better than everybody else. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And, you know, and then I was also thinking, maybe God places me in these situations. He he has me face these situations because maybe he doesn't want me comfortable working for somebody else. Maybe it's because he doesn't want me comfortable being a whipping boy for another company, for another job. Maybe that's it. So here I am every morning going to work. I remember talking to my mom about, you know, wanting to take some days off or wanting to take a day off. And my mom replied with, you know, it's been real stressful on you know your fiance because she was having to carry the load she had to do this by herself i know it was tiring and i'm just thinking to myself like i'm just trying to talk to you about my day i didn't talk to you for advice i didn't bring this up to you to get lectured 
I just wanted to be heard for once. But damn how I feel. Because that's always been something in my family. It's always been damn how I feel because I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. When my dad died, I didn't have guidance from anyone. I had to learn shit on my own. I had to do things on my own at 15 years old. Having questions about sex, having questions about girls, having questions about my body, having questions about how to shave, having questions about just simply growing up. No one told me anything. No one prepared me for anything. You know what I was told by one of my older brothers after our dad passed away? I was told that, man, you know what? This probably doesn't hurt you as much. And I'm paraphrasing here. This doesn't hurt you as much because you didn't even spend as much time with dad as we did. How messed up is that to hear as a 15 year old who is burying their father? My mom had told me that, you know, to to better the relationship I have with my older siblings, that I should sit down and talk to them. For what? For what at this point? The relationship we have is the relationship we're going to have to the day I'm dead and the day that they're dead. This is it. For the last 30 years, this has been it. I've always been the younger one. I've always been less than. I've always been viewed as the fuck up. I've always been viewed as the one that 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 couldn't get it. And how I viewed it was I was always the one that was misunderstood. I was always the one that was misunderstood. I was always the one I was always the one that wasn't heard. I was always the one that got looked over. But to them, I'm the one that got pitied. To them, I'm the one that got babied. 
And what I say to that is this. For the years that I lived in Memphis, y'all don't know what I witnessed. Y'all don't know what I went through. Y'all don't know what I had to endure from my childhood. Y'all don't know the things that I had to keep quiet. Because nobody sat down or asked me anything. And it's crazy. It's crazy to know that me thinking about killing myself because I realized that the self that I want is not the self that's going to be of reality. I'm going to be stuck being a mediocre ass who goes to work every morning to write my goddamn obituary tomorrow and it won't change. Me just simply saying I'm tired of going to work and I'm tired of going to work for someone else. I'm tired of being taken advantage of. I'm tired of being ignored. I'm tired of being told to just fall in line. I'm tired of it. I'd rather be dead than live another day as mediocre. Living in mediocrity. I'd rather be dead than be average. But the people that you explain it to, the people that you think love you, the people that you think will understand you, they don't. I don't know. Maybe my thought process of a family dynamic is different than the family I had. And I love my siblings. I love my mom. But I had to come to realize that family's love is conditional. Do you know where the whole, well, you know, this is this is hard love right here and all of that. Do you know where that came from? Black families. They don't pull that bullshit in white families. This is tough love. In black families, love is conditional. Love is what can you do for me? And you know what? Not even in black families. In black communities, love is conditional. Love has an has an expiration date in the black community. It always fall back on what can you do for me? What have you done for me lately? Because that determines how much I love you in the moment. If you can't help me pay bills, you're going to get loved a little less. Now, they can say that I don't love you less, but they start to show you love differently. They start to treat you differently. 
That's not being unconditional. That's very, very conditioned about love. It's always about what you can do for me. Love has an expiration date. And I think I had this ideal of what love was. Because I wanted that type of love shown to me. And, you know, I don't know if it's I don't take life serious enough. I don't know if 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 it's. I take life too serious. I don't know which it is. But I try to explain to my son. And I try to love my son. The polar opposite in how my family has shown love to me. The polar opposite in how past relationships I've been in, they've shown love to me. It's being truly unconditional. I tell my son, there is nothing you can tell me where I will love you less. My love for you will continue to grow. I was having this conversation with my mom before. Somehow we got got into uh, homosexuality. And so. um, We was talking about how. You know, if my son decided to be gay when he got older, the the effects of that and how I, I guess things may change and my mom was saying that she could just she couldn't she wouldn't be able to find herself to really be around him if he decided to do that right so then I remember asking I remember telling my mom like I wouldn't be able to do that and my mom was saying, like, no, you know, it says in the Bible that I, I get what it says in the Bible. I understand that. But I can't do that. And I don't think that God will want us to, honestly. Because we speak up on about how forgiving God is. And yet we find ourselves being the most unforgiving in Christianity. We find ourselves being the most unforgiving, the most unwelcoming of all religions. Is is something about the Church of Christ denomination where we are the most judgmental? We are the most unforgiving. We are the most nasty, mean-spirited people. 
on the face of this planet, not just in religion, period. On the face of this planet, somewhere along the way, we put on God's shoes and we walk around like we're God, looking down on others who may be down on their luck. Looking down on others who may be struggling. Looking down on others who may be a bit different. Somewhere along the way, the words of the Bible have been misconstrued and, 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 and just reconstructed to fit how we're feeling in that moment. How dare any of you and I and I, and I feel like I told you all this story about a gay man that out and I was in grade school, how a gay man came into my church one time uh, doing worship service. And I was a kid and how they basically made him leave. How dare any of you look down on anyone? And wonder what's wrong with the world. Wonder why they don't come to God's word and try to learn God's word. When you treat and speak to people in such manners that you do. Imagine if God has such of a short string of patience with us that we have with each other. Imagine. But it's fine. It's fine. Because I know that my way of thinking isn't conventional. It's not conventional. I know that my way of thinking, how I see things from the outside looking in and I give a different perspective doesn't sit well with others. I know that as much as my mom taught us that materialistic things on the on earth isn't the end all be all in fact is the end all be all because that's how it's treated. That's how it's viewed. That's how we on earth view how well you're doing in life is based off of, is based off of you paying bills is based off of you having a job when God never meant for any of this to happen. His first true design of mankind was not meant for us to work 14 hour shifts, 12 hour shifts, eight hour shifts. Trying to get the fastest car, trying to get the newest phone, trying to get the most money. Because it even, it even says in the Bible that money is the root of all evil. And yet here we are. Placing all of these uh, expectations on each other to get money. Money being the root of all evil. And yet here you have churches calling for you to give them money. 
Oh, we got to pay tithes. Where in the Bible does it say paying tithes is paying money? But no, see, see, that's how we reconstructed God's own word. To fit how we feel in that moment. Nowhere in the Bible where it says paying tithes is paying money. See, y'all confusing paying tithes with paying taxes. That's two different things. Paying tithes is giving what you have in your possession. It could be food. It could be money. It could be your time. Paying tithes isn't paying money. But you reconstruct things. We've changed things to fit whatever it is that we're trying to say, that we're trying to convey to others. My family is not going to care that just a few weeks ago I thought about killing myself. They're not going to care. The reason why they're not going to care, we're not conditioned to. We're not taught how to talk through our feelings. We're taught to be defensive. And it's not just my parents. It's not just my parents that taught us that. My parents' parents taught them that. My parents' 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 parents taught them that. It's been conditioned in the black community that when mentally you feel like you're at the end of your rope and that you feel depressed and that you feel sad and that you cry yourself to sleep at night, that you think about taking your own life because the life you have right now just seems meaningless. Do you know what black families and black parents tell you? You ain't got it that bad. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You sad. I'll give you something to be sad about. Right. I've never felt comfortable. Talking to people about what goes on in my mind. And that's because I've been conditioned that there's nothing wrong with you. That you take things one day at a time. I've been shown that no one's going to check on you. Now, I'm not saying I'm the only person that goes through things. I'm not naive. I, I know that. But maybe, just maybe, you should allow yourself and give yourself that opportunity to find ways that makes you happy outside of the people that you're around.
Because love is conditional. Love is solely based upon how you love someone and showing it. Because no one's going to give anything and not get anything in return, right? Now, you see, for me, people talk about love languages. To me, it's just bullshit. I don't fall for it. I don't believe in love languages. I don't believe in love languages. I believe that someone will love you if you give them reasons to love you. That's it. I don't believe in love languages. I don't believe that, oh, well, I only show affection through buying things. I only show affection through touch. I only show affection through communication. I only show affection through spending time with each other. I only spend. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that if you love someone, you can love someone in a multitude of ways. But there is no one way to love someone. I believe that you will love someone in a multitude of ways. If they give you a reason to love them. That's what I believe. Because if someone is only loving you in one way. Is that love at all? Because maybe the way that you're trying to show me love isn't how I want to be loved. But if someone loves you, and you love them, they will love you in a multitude of ways. There's no one way that one person loves. Because people will be affectionate. There's this spiritual recharge you get from the touch of your loved ones from the hugging the kissing and all of that like from loved ones there's a jolt you get from that i don't believe in love languages man it's not real but i what i will say is this And I'm going to leave you all with this. You can't pick your family. So you should love your family. And if everyone in in your family has this mindset, your family will grow and become more healthy. Love your family, love your loved ones like you won't see them again. Because sometimes we get so caught up in I'm going to argue this because, you know, hey, I'll see them again. But what if you don't? Y'all know the saying, you only live once. That's not true. That's not true. 
you don't only live once you live every day you die once but you live every day you get a new opportunity at life every day that God wakes you up but you only die one time what if I told you that you will die tomorrow. What if I told you your family member dies tomorrow? And there's nothing you can do to change it. This is what it's going to be. Don't you think you will treat them a little differently? Will you know that you won't see them again? But we get so comfortable in seeing the same people every day that we think that every day is going to be every day but there's going to come a day where it's going to be different and you're not going to see them again and then your new every day becomes not seeing them ever again and then you think back to the last day thinking man if i knew that that was going to be the last time i saw him i would have hugged him i would have told him i loved him i would have why not treat every day like tomorrow you won't see them again? Because one day that tomorrow will come. This has been another episode of Podcast About Nothing. I've been your host, The Apex. Until the next time, be love, spread love. Peace.